Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 137. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. Oh, sorry. I blanked out. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how long it's going to take for her to say I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I have like a pomegranate tea and I'm like, I'm supposed to say something. Oh, <laughs> oh Jen, it's okay. okay um, but sorry. anyway, I, it's, I mean, it's kind of how Sunday's going for us all. I mean, honestly, the, the morning started at what, 42 degrees? Yeah. And then midday, it turned into 80 something degrees. So that's how Sunday is going, guys. Yeah, oh, it's very degrees. weird. Yeah. Super well, weird. Thanksgiving is on the horizon, guys. What are you guys thankful for, Jen? Let's start with you. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I am thankful for money. I will also be accepting money. <laughs> <laughs> I got bills to pay. This is this is not like this is me just putting it out into what's the thing called like the the universe? book or whatever. That's like the put secret? it out in the universe and you'll receive it or whatever. Uh huh. The secret. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I read that a long time ago. I forgot all about it. All I know is that when people talk about it, they're like, "Oh, it's got to be like the secret or whatever." And I'm just so like, "Okay, here, yeah, I want money. Give me money." I'm thankful for money. I'm thankful to receive money. I'm even thankful to be able to give money away if that was my position in life. So that's what I'm thankful for. I love it. I love pure honesty. Love it. What about you, Kristen? What are you thankful for? So I think I've probably mentioned in the past that I am uh, doing a personal challenge to complete 2021 miles in the year 2021. And I may have also mentioned that I had to take all of August off because I had an injury on the ball of my right foot. And I did not think, uh, because I have, I've been in order to finish the mileage, I had to do at least 5.4 miles a day, every day. Um, and I was actually doing six, uh, minimum. There were some days I would do more. Um, and so missing out on six miles a day for an entire month was a whole lot of miles. And so because that was August and then September came and I was just slowly starting to get back to it, I really thought that I was going to not finish. And in fact, my tracker was telling me that I had to increase my mileage, um, pretty significantly to finish. Well, I am on track now to finish mm. in the middle of December. So I'm very thankful for my health and for my foot uh, healing and uh, my ankle is uh, holding up. And um, I've really had to, uh, <laughs> to use my mind over matter, if that makes sense to like sometimes, especially now that it's getting cold to get up in the morning and get out there. Uh, some days during the week, I have other stuff I have to do in the morning. So I come home and it's already dark and I'm out there at like from eight to 10 o'clock getting the miles in because damn it, I want to finish. And I had come so far already. I didn't oh want that 
to just slip through my fingers. So I am thankful for that. And I have not quite finished yet, but I'm under 200 miles. Um, and that's completely doable be- before the end of December. That is really phenomenal. I mean, you describe how it's hard for you to get out there. It's cold, it's dark, whatever. That's how I feel every day trying to get to work. And <laughs> I work in my living room, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mood no that's me on like on thursdays when i have my like online classes it's like all i have to do is get up turn my laptop on but sometimes i don't yeah sometimes you don't, <laughs> sometimes <I> don't. <laughs> that's hilarious i love it though well i'm thankful for um uh i wouldn't say earlier i would have to say like maybe two months ago maybe three months ago uh my boss forced me i want to say forced but she really used to force to make me go and get my lab my blood check so she had my labs drawn <clears throat> and i knew there was something wrong because i knew it like i saw myself in the mirror and i knew something was wrong and i couldn't sleep at night uh just i was suffering from a lot of insomnia and just a lot of little things here and there. Um, there was this thing, this rash that I got in my body that ha- had been there for over a year. Jeez, uh, over a year? Yeah, yeah. It would disappear and come back, but in like different places. And it wasn't like huge. It was like little specks. It almost looks, looked like um, mosquito bites, mm-hmm. like here and there. I mean, I think one time uh, you saw it, Chris, and you're like, God, the mosquitoes really got you. But it wasn't the mosquitoes. It's ah. just this rash I've had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so... You know, I just didn't want to face it. Uh, actually, I was really scared to find out what it was and or what was wrong with me. But I knew I had to. And my boss finally just made just pushed me over the edge to do it. So I did it. And I found out that I have diabetes and the diabetes, el diabetes. Tengo el diabetes. Este. So, um, you know, I I actually my mind and my feelings went completely the other way. So instead of feeling the impending doom and I'm going to die and, oh my God, start crying about this. I actually felt the opposite way. I felt complete relief Mm. and I felt like energized. And now that I knew what the problem was, I can attack that and try Mm. to get better and try to do better and know exactly. I had, there's research online I can do to find out how I can combat this and how I could live a really relatively healthy life and all this other stuff. So that's yeah. what I'm thankful for. Like actually knowing the facts and having, knowing how much I have um, to play with and how much I know, you know, what, what um, health risks I take when doing this, what other things I can do in order to turn back the clocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, I've been working really hard on it. Sometimes I do not have good days. But yeah. that's okay. It's just one day. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to mean the whole month is lost. I mean, you just got right back up on the horse and say, okay, fine. I ate an orange before bed yesterday. Let's not do that again today. You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Or I had a beer. And yes, I do have beers. I have a beer on the podcast. But it's honestly, guys, it's not like I used to drink. I used to drink all the time. During the pandemic, I really went balls out on drinking. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, actually, um, Sarah and I live fairly close to each other and there's a lot of breweries over here and I noticed there's a missing poster in all of them where he used to go (laughs) you know what I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) where's Sarah we miss her (laughs) yeah man I mean the guy at dudes uh Brandon he already knew me he knew what I wanted every time I walked in through the door like 
<laughs> like here are your cases of beer I'm like thanks Brandon for hooking it up but, <laughs> but yeah no that was that was me like on Wednesdays and Fridays I would buy like a, a 24 case of uh dudes uh canned uh, oh my god twice a week yes well you have but, other people in your uh, house but yeah still. that's what I said like it's not just me it yeah. was you know I was sharing those with me but um yeah no it's um one of the things that I told myself is like, okay, I made it to my my nephew's 15 years of life. Mm-hmm. Let's shoot for another 15. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they're like, 15? Oh, my God, you're crazy. Like, you're only going to be 60 or whatever. But um, wh- no, not am I going to be 60? Anyway, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to date myself right now. But mm-hmm. um, after 15, we'll revisit those numbers again. You know, like, I, I'm all about, like, reaching the short-term goals for now, you know. Like, like getting your fasting blood sugar under 99, like, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I completely cut the sugar of my coffee and my God, that's, that's tough, but I, I love coffee. So I, yeah, power through. So, um, but yeah, no little changes make big differences and hope. And that's what I'm thankful for this year. Well, that's a very positive, great attitude to take. And for those of you that don't know, I also has have diabetes and I am shocked when my doctor tells me how, how shocked and surprised she is at all the changes I made, all the weight I've lost because she has so many patients who they get the information and do absolutely nothing with it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and I have people in my family who were the same, who ended up um, being on dialysis, who ended, I know people who ended up losing limbs because they just took the information and didn't use it. So I'm very happy to hear Sarah that you are um, using that this as a positive and um, making those changes because um, Komada C Comics needs somebody who knows how to record. And you're in. <laughs> I love it. But you know, you're right. I was a medical assistant for many years and I worked in back office and you have no idea how many times I got upset at our patients because we're like, I always told them like, uh, I need to know what medications you're taking. And she's like, well, you have a list. And I'm like, no, but I want you to tell me because I want to know that you are doing it and taking them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they're like, oh no, like if I'm going to drink, like I'll stop my medication for a week. Like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then and then also because I worked for a nephrologist, I saw the people that came and went on dialysis. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those people were like, yeah, you know, I still drink and eat tortillas and I eat pan dulce and I, you know, all the sweets and everything and all the meats and everything because I'm on dialysis. It cleans my it cleans <gasps> my, my blood. Oh, I'm wow. like, dude, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like um, I. I learned a lot and I learned that, you know, if you if you change on your own and if you make these changes and sick by them, there's no reason why you can't get better. And you are very inspirational to me, Kristen, because when you said you learned, you made these changes. And like, I love when you come back and see that your doctor is shocked of how good your numbers are, (laughs) because that gives me a lot of inspiration and hope that I can do it, too. We could do it together. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there are a lot of people out there. You guys have to like if you get a diagnosis like that, you guys have to make changes. There's no way around it. I mean, or if you're pre-diabetic or anything like that, it's never yes. too late to make a change. And to be honest, I'm going to tell you right now, because I'm, I'm all talking shit about these people, but you know how many years they told me I was pre-diabetic and I did nothing about it. And I was just like, whatever, pre-diabetic isn't diabetic. It's like almost there. It doesn't count. 
Uh, and, <laughs> and once it happened, like literally all I could do was be mad at myself because I knew it. And I was like, well, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, and so, yes. And if you have it in your family or if there, if there's just, I mean, most people know what the, these days, what the, um, high risk groups are and the things high risk activities and habits are. So, um, definitely when you get older, it's, things are a lot harder to manage. So start young. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but I'm happy to report that uh, although the scale might not show some radical changes in my body, my uh, the way I can tell I'm losing weight is that my underwear feels like a dirty diaper with poop in it. <laughs> because it's that wango in the butt. Wango in the butt. <laughs> was like, was like, you just gotta do. You just gotta make your ass more firmer. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's that's the the next step in the plan. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> my underwear is wango. Yeah, I always knew when I was gaining weight because my my chonies would roll under my lonja, and <laughs> I was like, I hate this, and I pull them up, but they don't do that anymore. So, <laughs> but I always know when I'm starting to gain weight because they'll start to roll again. I'm like, oh, time to make more changes. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for chisme de la semana, and I got some chisme for you guys. Um, this is fresh cheese man nobody knows about. And I just found out like about a week ago, my husband has purchased uh, an airplane ticket for me to go to Puerto Rico to celebrate my birthday. Oh, and cool. because I'm going to go to Puerto Rico in, on the weekend of January 14th through the 16th, I'll be attending the Puerto Rico Comic Con. <gasps> Yay! Hey. That's so cool. So that's going to be at El uh Puerto Rico Convention Center in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So I'm really excited. I was like, oh, my God, we get to like tap in fans in Puerto Rico. I'm going to take business cards and keychains and give them out and do interviews. I already got a new little mic. Oh, nice. That's a Bluetooth mic so that uh, <gasps> Bluetooth. You're fancy. I'm fancy. Hey. So that way there's kind of more of a social distancing so they don't have to mm-hmm. mic up to lapel. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very excited. I also was thinking of visiting the store necromancer cosmetics oh but it looks like they're gonna be closed uh when i'm available but i'm gonna see if i can switch my schedule around so i can actually visit the shop it's like 25 minutes uh from where i'll be staying so uh so yeah that's the cheese me guys i'm excited and the reason it was on my radar and i mentioned it to my husband was because um uh Mr. Miranda, the one who mm-hmm. made La Borinqueña, um, he, Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez, he mentioned that Puerto Rico Comic Con was a lot of fun and was really amazing and that we should go. And then it, it got in my mind. I was like, maybe I should go. So I mentioned it to my husband. And then I guess he was looking at flights and he's like, well, guess what? I'm not going to be here for your birthday. But if you could take a couple of days off in that weekend, um, you're going to Puerto Rico. And I was like, oh, my God. I love that's him. cool yeah i think he does it because he's he's uh he feels a little guilty he's twice two years in a row that he's been gone for my birthday too that i went home well, what you need to tell him is that you'll feel even less upset that he's gone if jen and i went with you <laughs> <laughs> incredible 
right? <laughs> but yeah, that's my cheese, guys. And I know, Kristen, you had some more cheese, man. Oh, I am just piggybacking off of the cheeseman that you said last episode uh, about the, I don't remember her name, but the actress who plays Shuri in the um, Black Panther franchise about her not being vaccinated and being anti-vax and all that stuff and how she is um, back home in her home country, which is, uh, what'd you say it was the UK? She said, yeah, she's, I believe she's in London right now. Yeah. Um, and that's uh since she cannot come back into the United States without being vaccinated, um, that we didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, apparently this last week, um, it was announced that the Black Panther filming for this new Wakanda Forever um, uh, sequel is indefinitely postponed. Now, they're not coming out to say specifically that that's the reason why. But I mean, I would have to venture to say that 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 definitely would have to affect it in some way, shape or form. So that was the cheese that I had because it was fresh on my mind from when you shared it last week. So, yeah, the actress Letitia Wright, like they are saying, um, like, I guess the media people that are responsible for media release or whatever, they are saying that she sustained far greater um injuries when yeah. she got injured mm-hmm. they're saying she had a concussion and she has some kind of uh, fracture on her shoulder or arm i'm not sure but i'm thinking are they just saying that because she's not vaccinated she won't be allowed to come into the u.s unvaccinated mm-hmm. they have to have proof of vaccination to let you fly into the united states and because most of the filming that is left right now is supposed to be filmed in atlanta georgia that's mm-hmm. a location. So she, uh, if that's mm-hmm. the case, that's I don't know if they're stretching the truth on her injuries, which I honestly don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a vaccination issue for sure. But that's, so are they just they're not allowing negative tests anymore? You have to be vaccinated. That's interesting. you have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like that's I cannot go to Alaska without showing proof of vaccination. Wow. Even within the United States. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I think is it state by state. I wonder. I don't think so. I know that entering the U.S. from anywhere outside the U.S. You have to show. Right. But you're going to Alaska, which is part of the U.S. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. I have to show proof of vaccination because I have uh, some friends who I know are flying from Illinois to Nevada this month. And I know they're not vaccinated. So I'm wondering. It might be state by state too. Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, for sure, anytime you're coming from the U.S., you have to show proof, proof of vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what it's like to exit the U.S. to other countries, but I know it's by country. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and a lot of countries are still asking for proof of vaccination and proof of negative COVID test results. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. has to be a specific COVID test and a specific time frame you had the COVID test done. So you can't have a COVID test last month and fly with that. They have to be within like 72 hours or something like that. I saw that there was, a, I think, a cruise that you had to be vaccinated or if you were not vaccinated, you had to take a test every freaking day while you were on that cruise. Wow. Damn. That's- 
See, but yeah. see, I wouldn't go on a cruise, man. That shit will scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love cruises and I want to so bad because all the prices are so great right now. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's just the floating Petri dish. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, wasn't there... Uh, Sometimes when there's something wrong on a ship, they have they don't let them dock. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. scary yeah. as fuck right there. When when COVID first started, there were there were some stories where there were some ships that um were just out uh because they couldn't come in because they had an outbreak. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ah. insane. Well, times are changing, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? Okay, so this week on my radar is a book that was um, highly anticipated um, because it was the coming out party for John Kent. Who's John Kent, you might be asking? Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're asking that, come on now. Um, John Kent happens to be Clark Kent and Lois Lane's son. Of course, better known as Superman. Um, Clark Kent is better known as Superman. And John Kent is, um, actually, does he go by Superboy? No, Superboy was Superman as a younger guy, right? Well, anyway, he super, uh, John has the mantle of Superman right now uh, in um, DC uh, story world. And um, it uh, number five was highly anticipated because of the fact that DC actually came out um, about a month ago talking about how this was going to be the first appearance, quote unquote, of John being, um, I was going to say lesbian, no. <laughs> <laughs> bisexual. <laughs> um and actually came out and showed the variant covers, which are him kissing um, another uh, another character, which I can't remember what his boyfriend's name is right now off the top of my head. But um, I had the opportunity to read the book uh, last week when it came out, and it was actually really good. It's written by Tom Taylor, which, of course, we've been talking i've been talking a lot um of amazing positive things about because he's just really knocking out of park with his books um but uh the storyline um in this particular book is john basically something happens to him where his powers are amplified uh and i think somebody gives him like a, a super high dose of like solar energy or something and so what that means is that he can hear almost every single person in the world who knows if it's the universe that is calling out for help. And so this weighs super heavily on John's shoulders because he feels like if he can hear a call for help, he has to help them. And he's trying. He tries so hard. He is just like the uh, the first half of the book is him flying all over the place and and just saving people and dropping them off somewhere um, for help or safety. And he it is just completely wearing him down. He just can't take it um, because he just he's Superman, but he needs rest. And also, I think the mental weight of just 
feeling responsible for all these people who are asking for help is taking a toll as well. So um, he and he is actually goes to his boyfriend, which I wish I could remember what his name is because I'm looking right now and I don't remember what it is. Um, I'm bad at remembering names. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Um, but his boyfriend, his boyfriend recognizes that he needs rest. And so it's really super cute because he puts these noise canceling earphones on him and helps John to just literally take a nap. Like that little gesture was just so sweet in the book. And it just shows John, like literally just his whole body, just slumping in the ground and just resting. And there's a line that was like super cute and heartfelt where uh, Eddie just came and told me his name was Jay, (laughs) where Jay tells (laughs) John, um, you know what? Everyone in the world has got you. You have me. And oh so my God. I know it's so beautiful. <laughs> so um, that is on my radar because this series is actually just really well done. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and this particular one, like I said, was highly anticipated because it was um, it was him. Uh, it, the confirmation that he is I it's the confirmation he's bisexual. I've never seen him with a girl, so I I have, um, I'm assuming that there has been storylines in the past, um, but there's an actual kiss and there's actually a, uh, a scene. And a there's cover. tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's actual covers where um, uh, it's just this like look of just love and caring and adoration between them that is just so heartfelt. Um, and, uh, both of them are, um, like, uh, even though there's nowhere near pride, um, DC has still continued outside of June to, um, publish pride covers. So I think that's cool too, because the fact that, um, pride only gets one month, I, I mean, all Hispanic heritage, Latin, um, uh, African-American black history, history, black history. Yeah. All that stuff, um, should not just be, uh, relegated to one month. So I actually think it's cool that um, DC has continued to publish pride covers throughout the year. That's so cool. Yeah. It's a uh, Jay Nakamura. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Is Tom Tyler, Tom Taylor still writing this? Yes. He's writing uh, this series right now. And artist, one out for an Ellie. An artist is John Timms. That's pretty cool. I saw some of the art. It looks really, really cute. So Oh, that's amazing. I really like it. I like that. That's awesome. Um, that's I, I, I'm already I'm still thinking about that line. You, <laughs> and you. and just um, to let you know, if you this is number five, but if you're interested in one, two, three and four, DC recently um, uh, re-released second printings of all of those books. I think it's just second printings. It might be some further printings of some of the numbers, but either way. All of those are new this week, which is the November 24th, 23rd, since they come out on Tuesdays. Your LCS um, very likely will have some of the um, other printings of one, two, and three, and four. That's so cool. 
All right, guys. What time is it, Kristen? I know you know what time it is. <laughs> I know. It's that special time of es the month, boys. la hora de la cervecita. Yes. <laughs> and... I have been eyeing this beer for a while because it is very interesting. Even though I don't particularly enjoy stouts, they're not my go-tos. There are have definitely been um, stouts and porters that I've enjoyed, but they're not my thing. Um, when I see them, they're not the thing that I go to. You make first. an icky facing go yeah. to your IPAs. Yeah, but... Ah. What happened? I dropped it. Oh no! <gasps> oh no! There's oh. been a beer mishap. Oh no! Oh, Was it open? in retribution? You got to take a shot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it's well. At least uh, I got. Party I, fell. Yeah, I know. Totally. I got a glass. Uh, did it at least fall into the glass? <laughs> well, it fell on the floor, but it's. <gasps> Oh no! So the entire glass that Sarah just showed us is nothing but foam, <laughs> <laughs> and some of it fell in the ground. And... Oh no! But all right, I, I'm, still I'm not gonna, gonna lie. The heck out of it! This oh, entire shit. time, I have been like, um, uh, taking out the kernels of a pomegranate. So I oh, have them yeah, 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 all right here, and I kind of want to throw them in this. <laughs> Well, who knows? It might be good because this is a chocolate raspberry imperial stout. It is an imperial stout with raspberry puree and milk sugar. Uh, it's brewed and canned by the Untitled Art Brewery in Wanakee, Wisconsin. So I am so interested to try it because raspberry puree just sounds so decadent and like i just oh delicious it makes like something mess. that you you'll find in the center of a Ghirardelli chocolate yes so i'm interested to try um and sarah you picked this up at uh 310 or at Bo corks and caps caps and corks um i got this at caps and cork okay Yes, I did. But I also just went to, like three, to 310 and they had a, like four different types of beer that came from Untitled Art. And they come in smaller cans, um, but you can buy like, I think, a four pack or you could buy them single at 310. Oh, Jen's ability to pour was way uh, better no, than mine. Oh, my! And look at that beautiful thing. You got to take a picture of that. It's so good. <laughs> yes, the can is a 12 ounce uh, can and there is art on it. Um, I'm assuming that the uh, untitled art brewery that that's kind of their shtick where the cans are have different artists that provide the art and the art on this can uh, was provided by Heather Hailstones. And if that is not enough, um, awesome, amazing uh, information about this beer, the freaking ABV is 11%. And I believe that's why these cans, although they're smaller, are on a pricier side. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yes. because they yes. uh, they pack a punch. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad I have these Clorox wipes because everything is sticky now. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to actually drink this beer. Um, hey. It looks really just delicious, like it really thick and beautiful. Um, it looks like a nitro cold brew. 
And I can kind of see like a hint of like raspberry color to it when you were pouring it, Jen. <laughs> well, it smells amazing, that raspberry. Jen, smell. I think I just saw Jen's O face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, After man. she took her first drink. <laughs> oh, well. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> Okay, oh so goodness. initially I when I went to 310, I had forgotten I got this uh, before at Caps and Corks. And so when I went into 310, I wanted to buy one of this untitled art uh, cans because it, you know, it sounds really delicious. They have different flavors, but they were so expensive. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to go there. But now smelling it, I'm just mm. like, oh, maybe I am going to go back for one of those. Yes, damn, it, it smells smell- good. It smells okay. So stout porters, both of them, coffee, hundred percent mm. off the bat. That's what it smells like to me. This smells like some kind of really yummy juice. It's smells- I'm literally popping pomegranate seeds into this right now. <laughs> Jen always comes up with the the interesting. Uh, combos to whatever she's eating (laughs) okay so let me take my first drink wow do you understand my old face now really good that is so good oh my god (laughs) this is great oh my god Dude. Orgasm in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God, we also yes. have a name for that, but <laughs> dude, like, have we been finding some really great finds? Because yes. my God, this is so mm-hmm. good. So, Untitled Art is what we're assuming the brewery is because that's what it says on the can: brewed and canned by Untitled Art. Um, and even though we're in California, it's from Wisconsin. It's made its way over here, so that leads me to believe that they just their distribution chain goes pretty far across the country so if you have a craft beer store in your uh close to you um definitely go check it out and if they don't have it ask for it because they brought the beer they sent it all the way from wisconsin to california so um your uh local beer shop probably knows how to contact them and um, get distribution to the store. So I'm telling you, it is worth it. You tell them, look, these three little Latinas said this was good and I want to try it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Just a a heads up. This is good with pomegranate seeds. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? And another thing was like, I took it out of the refrigerator um, before we started recording. And I thought that it would have like a severe effect uh, because it's not that cold. Mm -hmm. But I I think this was meant to be served room temperature. Mm -hmm. It's so delicious. It's so creamy, chocolatey, raspberry. The smell is amazing. The raspberry is so purely raspberry of course Mm -hmm. they're using puree but Mm -hmm. it's so good and you can't mistake it for anything else no it's like you know those little shortbread cookies that have the raspberry jam in the middle Mm -hmm. when you oh that's what it reminds me of yeah 
so good. And it and it's real. It's like so full of flavor, but unmistakably, it's fresh and light. Like I don't know if I could. Yeah, I'm. You're right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's just really. Oh my. Oh my god. Okay, let's go into like rating it because I'm ready to do that. Um, can you <laughs> can you let our listeners know about our rating scale? Yes. So. Uh, we have a rating scale. It's a five-point scale. And um, just as an aside, we've never, not that we've never, but not in a long time have we ever mentioned how we got this rating scale. So the first um, uh, on the scale is a flaccid. Second is an initial. Three is partial. Four out of five is full. And a five out of five is rigid. And if it's off the scale, it is a super saiyan. Um, but... Uh, we used to record in a studio where we shared it with other podcasts, and they also recorded and uh, rated beer. And this was their scale, so we're like, "Hey, let's just use the same penis on the wall while we <laughs> when we rate our beer." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's what we did, uh, and so um, and then throughout the years, we added flaccid because we had. Some beer that we drank that was so horrible that it wasn't even an initial. It was like, it, it was, it was flaccid. There was yeah, no I, I, just, I, I remember where I purchased that beer. I remember um, how it tasted and how I thought it had gone bad. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I could search it, but yeah, I remember distinctly that's where we invented the uh, flaccid because it was just, ho- we couldn't even finish it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. Okay. Well, Sarah, uh, why don't you go ahead and start? What would you rate this beer? Well, aside from me doing the faux pas of dropping the beer while trying to open it, because I was oh trying to open God, it. Oh my God, that means you have less of it than we do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I managed to grab it right away, but still like. I mean, wow. Anyway, uh, I was trying to record a video for TikTok and uh, my bills, my beer spilled. But that's okay because I recuperated a lot of it. And I'm so happy to report that at room temperature or like close to room temperature, it's still bomb.com. As a matter of fact, I think it should be served at a little bit less than uh, refrigerator temperature and definitely poured out into a glass. You can really really admire the color and the nice uh kind of it's a kind of looks like a thick head but it doesn't feel like a thick beer it doesn't drink like one either the flavors are so on point and i just love it i have become a new fan of this brewery that i'm gonna go try to locate those other beers um other beer flavors that they put out so for me ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it is a super saiyan (laughs) Uh, So this is Kristen. And like I said, I was looking forward to it because the raspberry puree milk sugar thing was very intriguing to me, but it's a stout at the end of the day. And I was like, "Ah, I'm probably going to take a drink and give it to the rest to Eddie. Um, But that was not the case. I really like it a lot. I even can see myself drinking more than one of these, which generally when it's a stout or port, I'm like, I can choke down one, but that's it. I would drink the whole four pack of these and I am also giving it a super saiyan. Wow. Yeah. Impressive for Kristen. Um, So after 
Well, as usual, I mess around with my beer a lot. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But no, this was really good from initial sip to even right now as I am chewing pomegranate seeds with it. Um, um, it's, it's really tasty. It's the, like, what more can you ask for? Like from raspberry, anything I want to taste the raspberry and it's giving me a raspberry. So, and it's like, it's very slightly sweet as well because they did use uh, mm-hmm. milk sugar. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of, I honestly, when I saw that, I was just like, am I drinking beer boba? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> but no, but it is, it's, it's very delicious. So I'm going to give it a Super Saiyan as well. That is so cool. Super Saiyan across the board. Can you believe it? What is this, guys? Uh, three times in a row? Is uh-huh. it? Well, I know that we did the Vampire Daiquiri and that was a Super Saiyan, although Jen didn't taste that one. But I think it might be three in a well no not three in a row two in a row for sure okay oh my gosh amazing all right guys it's time for that book review of what are we reviewing today so today we are reviewing a book called i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) that's not what it's called we had we had a whole debate a whole yes. debate before we started uh, reviewing this about how it's actually called. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to go with, um, um, this is how I think it's supposed to be pronounced. Okay. Uh, phenomics. 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 Okay. So I've been saying phenomics, phenom X, now Jen's saying phenomics. Sarah said also something close to that. I actually do not think it's Phenomex because Mex only reminds me of Calimex, Pemex, and that those are companies in Mexico and the, the superheroes are Mexican. So I think it's Phenomax. Phenomax. <laughs> because his name is Max. Phenomax. Watch him on IMAX at a local theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> so we obviously are confused but so what we're gonna have to do is get the creator of this book onto a show so that he can actually tell us with his own mouth how to pronounce the book but yep i um before you start i also think it's phenom x only because his uh name is 40 uh, x 43 46 so uh-huh. there's that too so right all right okay. continue <laughs> so This book is about a wrongfully imprisoned and desperate person uh, who is wanting to regain his freedom. His name is Max Gomez, and he agrees to become a subject in an underground government experiment. And when the trial gives him phenomenal shape-shifting abilities, Gomez learns his new quote-unquote freedom requires surviving a super-powered war fought on the streets of New York City. This book is written by none other than John Leguizamo. So if you have listened to (laughs) our episode uh, last week, which was 136, this book was on my radar because I read it. And um, we decided to go ahead and I'll read it and review it this week. So um, John Leguizamo uh, is the writer along with Adam Rappaport, Joe Misiak, and Damian Slattery. The art is by Chris Batista. 
Uh, the inker is Sabrina Cintron, uh, and colors are Christopher Sotomayor. Uh, and then lettering is done by multiple people at N World Design. So there also were multiple covers, um, one of which was a Todd McFarlane cover. So this book is actually published by Image. Uh, and that Todd McFarlane cover was one of the more popular ones. I don't know why. I'm not really a fan of Todd McFarlane, mostly because it's just really 90s stylized art. And of course, there are tons of people that love it. But I didn't read comics in the 90s, so it's just not my thing. And it's just like uh, all those like super over exaggerated muscles <laughs> yeah. and uh, like boobies everywhere. So anyway, I think, uh, <laughs> there, may, I think um, there may have been a nod to Todd McFarlane only because maybe like the creators of this comic book were like heavily into collecting comics during the 90s. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like a go to guy, like kind of a staple of the 1990s. Well, for sure, like his his uh, his uh, spawn is definitely taking off again because 90s people are growing up and they read them as kids and now they are adults with money and we cannot <laughs> yeah. keep spawn in the in the shop at all oh that's Whenever cool we get any back issues uh in the back issue section they are gone within a couple of days um, plus um i don't know if you no guys remember taste. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know if you guys remember but uh john leguizamo played the clown in spawn the movie Oh, right. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. I never saw that movie. Oh, I did. I, I really enjoyed it. There, oh, was a really? cameo, there was a cameo appearance by Angela. So I thought it was it was the biggest. Uh, it was a highlight of That's one of my. Right. Yeah. I keep being reminded that she started in that universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a big thing for us when we were. I wouldn't say kids because I wasn't a kid. I was like a little older. Um, a teenager. But, yeah, teenagers. So like for me, it was like, oh, my God, like it was barely kind of like the beginning of comic book movies, you know, mm -hmm. being made into comic book characters being made into movies. And that was just a big deal. The Crow, Spawn, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so before yeah, they a make a Spawn, a new Spawn movie, I implore everyone, please go watch the original Spawn movie. Just fucking do it. Like... <laughs> Like, I'm not even joking. It's like, if I could, like, make a PowerPoint presentation and earn a grade on why this is the best fucking movie ever, I would. <laughs> I would. Oh, my God. Because so now I feel like I need to go search it out and watch it. Like, mm. it's just, it's high octane. Like, it's it's not even nightmare fuel. It's just fucking bizarre. Really? Yeah, it is, yeah. Like it's I know oh, it's so beautiful. It's just how fucking to nothing about Spawn. I just learned probably within the last month that he's black. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's another I, thing that was a big deal. Like, you know, I can yeah, I could see that. So even if just to have something to talk about with the customers who come in who are reading Spawn, um, because I have not read any of the books, I have no idea what his thing is. 
um, or, you know, what his origin story is. So I definitely think now that I have that rave review, I have to check it out and see if I can find it on uh, some kind of online stream. The service. Spawn movie is the best and worst movie to ever be created. <laughs> mm, yeah, so good. So yeah, good. the worst best movie. It's the best worst movie. Either one of those is, is, is correct and accurate. Is correct and accurate. Like it's, uh, like, and it's I like those kind. Yeah. Like I wanted. Like if I could transport a 1940s golden age. Hollywood movie director and then present them Spawn, they would cry. <laughs> whether like <laughs> yeah, whether it's tears of joy or tears of trauma, <laughs> that's up for debate. But they yes. would cry for sure. I mean, I and not only it. that, I mean John Lick was almost played that character on his knees. Literally, he was on his knees playing the character because wow. the character is short in stature. Uh-huh. So I mean, just filming hours and hours. I need on more knees. of this. So, yeah, we need more. <laughs> we need more of this beer. Given that uh, John Leguizamo was in that movie, I'm assuming that McFarlane was in some way, shape, or form a uh, what do you call it when you are work on a movie as just the person like helping consultant. Consultant. There you go. Consultant. Uh, so they probably have had a relationship for a while. Uh, yeah. And. Just like I mentioned last week, I was very skeptical. Um, it seems like recently we have had a lot of actors, movie stars, TV stars, um, kind of tapping into comics. Yeah, coming into the comic world and um, trying their hand at writing. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that the actress of... Um, from Game of Thrones, who played Daenerys, um, wrote a comic. And she basically just said that that came, her interest came from just uh, being part of that franchise and having to go to the conventions. And you can only go to so many of the conventions before you start actually wandering around and <laughs> paying uh, attention to what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and enjoying what was there. And she kind of started getting into comics. And so um, I thought that that was super interesting. And I... I'm assuming that uh, John Leguizamo has um, a history with reading comics as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, of course, uh, anyone in that movie probably like it was just a short little uh, you were saying his role was just a small little one. So maybe he actually really vied for it because he was a Spawn fan. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But um, it has all led us to this book that none of us know how to pronounce. <laughs> phenomics, <laughs> phenomics, phenomics, whatever you just decide to uh, to call it, came out last week, and this is number one. And uh, as the brief description um, shared, Max is um, uh, when we meet him, he is uh, in prison and uh, in prison for something that he um claims he did not do and of course nobody believes him he's a brown man um who lived in a bad neighborhood where bad things happen all the time um and there's a whole bunch of other little things going on in his storyline he's a father uh and he really wants his um he really wants his son to know him but he's been in prison he also um has a brother who Shocker is in law enforcement, but mm -hmm. also Shocker is crooked. So, yes. <laughs> and tries to get him to help him out. 
Uh, and then we have the government who is uh, trying to combat this group of people who have superpowers but are not using them for good. Shocker again! This entire group of people who have these powers that they need to stop and corral are all law enforcement, all yes. ex-law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Which is, I think, the worst person to give superpowers to, I think. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, we grew up in L.A. We know what's up. <laughs> we know what's up. So the LAPD is just an exaggeration of everything that cops are. So yeah. it's very interesting. There are a lot of very... Um, minute social um, like statements within this book that if you're not paying attention or you have not been paying attention for what if you like critical reading skills, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, You would easily miss, but reading this book, there's a lot. um, There's a lot to be said for um, marginalized groups growing up in poor neighborhoods for um, marginalized groups being, um, targeted by law enforcement um the uh the discrepancy and overwhelming powers uh i'm not sorry powers overwhelming numbers of people of color in the prison system um the prison system itself just being uh not fair um there was just the way that companies just do not see certain neighborhoods or certain people as even worthy of keeping safe. There's just a lot of social commentary in this book. And it's just the first issue, but it is packed, mm-hmm. packed full of social commentary. And mm-hmm. it really shocked me at how interesting the book was because from the cover i was like not for me <laughs> right it's not seems for me kind of so superheroish like a little yes. bit over the top yeah but then you read it and it's like so full of like amazing content so full of story like there's so many characters so many character development a lot of world building um i think they've done a phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal get it <laughs> a phenomenal job this first issue is many pages i was really surprised at how thick it was Mm -hmm. for our first issue um Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff that i was like oh hell yeah that's so true or hell yeah or like you know or like how even the men in power uh discuss minorities amongst themselves right Mm -hmm. i mean just it's just overall just an amazing book like the dynamic uh a relationship between Max and his tia and his son mm-hmm. that doesn't even call him dad, calls him Max. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, those little things like, you know, <clears throat> sorry, maybe you don't know, but for people who have babies, mamas or baby daddies or whatever, like one of their fuck yous is to have their kid call the, the mom or the dad by their first name. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really like is something that I've personally seen, uh, um, in other people around me um, where they have their kid called by their first name instead of yeah. dad or mom. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of things like they're always trying to get. And then the, one of the things that like really kind of like was really like, it was uh, kind of hit me a lot was like when he was doing kind of a flashback memory scene where we know that he was arrested because he was profiled and mm-hmm. he's innocent. Um, but what I didn't realize was that he was arrested in front of his son. Yeah. 
he wasn't mm-hmm. even at the crime scene. They just said, oh, you fit the description. And they arrested him right then and there mm-hmm. and in front of his son, which I thought yeah. was horrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of points here that like a lot of us can relate to with somebody we know, somebody we've heard this happen to. I mean, it's just really spot on. And even though it takes place in New York, which is completely different from L.A., I think it has a lot of similarities. And there's a lot of I I really like the main character, Max, although he's in a shit show of a life right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's still really kind of charismatic and funny and a yeah. bit ironic. And so <laughs> there's some laughs in this comic book, which I thought was cool, which I definitely <clears throat> felt like. I felt the presence of John Leguizamo being the writer because I felt the same way. And I always enjoy that kind of writing where it's not that it's lighthearted because the, 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 the subjects that they're dealing with and the storyline is not lighthearted, even though we're talking about superheroes and it's, you know, uh, stuff that is like out of the world, out of this world type fantastical uh, things happening, um, but the uh, the writing was definitely clever. Yes, <clears throat> definitely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like when they do a lot of cursing in Spanish. Yeah, that was cool. Like I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. I know what that means. <laughs> I know what's up. You know, I really appreciate, I, and I always appreciate this in any superhero type of comic uh, where they have a. You, it, it goes back to when I used to collect cards in the 90s where you like flip the card and it gave you like the power level, mm-hmm. the AKA, their name or where they came from, their affiliation, their uh, <clears throat> what is it called? Their um, uh, what they were, uh, what is it called? Their kryptonite, so to speak. The, yeah. But yeah, you get these whenever you are introduced to a new character with superpowers uh, throughout the book. So I, th- I found that really, uh, it's called the Enhancement Defense Force Files. And it's a little like triangle, like sort of like a little index card that gives you like information about this superhero. Although you may not understand some of the things because, you know, they're kind of scientific, like, you know, melanin, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're like, what? What is that? But then as you read <laughs> about the character or the scene, you realize, oh, that's what they meant by that. So I really, really like that. And of course, these guys that they're going to be combating against, I feel they're kind of uh, insane, kind of like, you know. Yes. I'm wondering. A little unhinged, just a little bit. What I'm wondering is, did that develop as taking part, um, taking in this enhancement um, and has that ex- has that affected their personalities and made them unhinged, or <clears throat> was that a product of who they were to begin with as as law enforcement? Um, my take on it is, you know how like when someone is already kind of mean spirited and a bully, mm-hmm. and you take this enhancement drug or whatever, and now it's like it's like multiplied it by a hundred. So now mm-hmm. not, you're not a bully. You're like a serial killer now like or a mass murderer you know like mm. it just enhanced because it enhances your superpowers but it also enhances the bad traits of who you are as well that's what well, that's how i feel so from what i got from reading the book max actually his power looks like he whatever he touches he's he kind of either absorbs it or his d his dna makeup changes to match what he touches Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what i feel yeah 
So if it's tile, it's tile. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's metal, it could be titanium or aluminum, like whatever type of metal. Um, and I think it has to do with more like I haven't. I mean, we haven't expanded or read more about him, but I mean, I don't know if he could do this with water mm -hmm. or if he could do this with you know maybe something malleable like plastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely, he's doing this with like metals and tile and um from what i remember from what the police car was made out of as well the type yeah. of metal mm -hmm. um and then i What's guess that one dc like superhero or villain or whatever it was who could change his like makeup to match whatever i can't and he looked ugly <laughs> and, like, <laughs> i he don't was, know like, hung all up I can, on that all i can oh clayface no no not clayface no. No, I don't know. But all I could think of was um, was the Wonder Twins. <laughs> and it wasn't what he touched. His, was his name Zach? It wasn't what he touched. It was just he would say change to the form of and he and but one was an animal and had to be an animal form. And the other one was some shape, some type of water. So steam mm -hmm. or ice or some wet thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know which one, which person you're talking about. But um, it's really interesting. And I um, want to make sure that readers don't lose track of the fact that it is the government who is trying to create their own like army of super soldiers to combat these law enforcement people who have gone rogue um, and are, they're like, they're not even like going rogue. They're like committing crimes. So yes. Um, I found like that that was really interesting and Max still doesn't want to have anything to do with it because all he wants to do is be out of prison and be with his son. But mm -hmm. the yeah. government forces him by basically telling him you will never be out if you don't participate in this program. Yeah. And do you feel like the judge was swayed to overturn his uh, parole hearing? Yes. Like definitely, yes. like in order for him to like be enrolled to into that to superhero pro program, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> um, shoot, God, I lost my train of thought. Um, I know that you mentioned in the last uh, when you had it on your juntos uh, on your on my radar that um, that the reason Latinos or Hispanics are the exceptionally um, genetic makeup in order to to actually take this enhancement drug and not go crazy on it or not die on it is because he was exposed to um, amounts of radiation throughout his whole life because um there's a lot of uh companies that were dumping nuclear waste already a lot radioactive waste in their slums or in their neighborhoods and nobody did anything about it so yeah. he has been slowly absorbing all this radiation throughout his whole life mm -hmm. which has make it made him the prime candidate for this uh enhancement uh superpower enhancement drug um and as we saw in the first few pages there was a um a man in power who knows what he was a general or a colonel or whatever right. yeah um and he was like oh this little pill like gives you superpowers and he kind of didn't listen to what the agent was saying and he just took the pill mm -hmm. and then he she's like did you just take a pill didn't you just hear that you need radiation to kind of like 
it has to go hand in hand for these enhancements to actually work. And in in that case, the general colonel, whatever guy, he actually ended up dying. Yeah, his because face melted off. <laughs> his face melted, yeah, that's what he gets. Um, yeah, so that was part of the story that was super interesting. Not the, not so much just the radiation, but the fact that there were twofold, two two um, things that had to be present. There was um, s- scientists came up with the uh, information that people of a certain genetic makeup were best um, reacting best to taking this. I want to, I keep calling it super soldier serum, but I know, right. <laughs> sorry, Marvel. Don't sue me, <laughs> but to take this pill, if they would sue you. They would try to sue image again. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, take yeah. this enhancement. There you go. Um, and it happened to be um, people who were of um, Latin X descent. But yeah, then they specifically said um, black, Latino and something else. Like it has to be like a composition of all three. And right. so what they said, oh, so you mean Latinx. And right. Because yeah. because I think it was actually uh, I'm turning it to the page so that we can see where uh, where it says. Um, yeah, I know. I thought that was really, really interesting uh, that they would have that specific genetic makeup. I thought that was super freaking cool. Uh, let's see. So, was I law enforcement? Yeah, I I wanted to actually mark the page, and I don't think because yeah, they were talking. Yeah, she said they had to have this, this, and this, and so someone said so. Basically, you're saying Latinos. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's not just that it has to be that plus the radiation and such. Uh, oh, here we go. Native American, European and black. Yes. That's Uh, what it was. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then of course the white guy says, so you mean Hispanics? And I got annoyed with that and I'm sure they did it on purpose. They did on purpose. The white guy saying Hispanic, but just so you know, if you're listening, Hispanics, if you're his, if you are described as Hispanic, all that means is that you speak Spanish. You can be mm-hmm. you can be European and be Hispanic from Spain. So people mix that up all the time. Same way mm-hmm. when people call Mexican food Spanish food. I'm like, if I was eating Spanish food right now, I'd be eating fish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Spanish food. Give me my enchilada. Well, enchiladas aren't really either, but. Give me my beans. <laughs> give me my rice. Give me my. Give me Mexican food. Yeah, give me Mexican food. Um, so yes, the radiation uh, has to has to the the combining of that DNA and then a concentration of radiation is what makes it so these people are not negatively affected and their faces don't melt off. So, mm-hmm. um, which I found interesting because when Max goes to become part of the um, program, he is in this facility where there's just tons of other Latinos there with him. And the guy that he's talking to was like, I never, I never felt where like how somewhere where I fit in so well, but also kind of didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and they also make the comment of like, yeah, you're not in 
prison prison anymore, but you're basically still a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really found those statements in that, that setup really interesting in the way that um, he's being given those powers, but as a Latino man, he's still being taken advantage of and being, um, being used. Uh, and so um, I'm really interested to see how that all plays out as well. Yeah, and there's uh, also a scene where I was really like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but they actually, before they kind of enrolled him in the program, they actually had him look at the cells of the people that did Mm -hmm. not, uh, the blending of the radiation in their body and their Mm -hmm. like specific genetic makeup did not blend well with the serum. Yeah. And, And so like, they look like they're insane in a padded room but also like their bodies are like definitely morphed into something else that yeah and it looks like by the look in their face by the art of how their face is drawn that they're in agony mm-hmm. and it that just i'm like why did they show him that like he hasn't even agreed to take the pill and he's basically like so that's not going to happen to me and they're like we don't think so <laughs> i know right i'm like oh <laughs> motherfucker i need oh my god yeah definitely i'm just like whoa um um yeah no i mean i can continue i mean we're just talking about the first issue i mean who knows what other magic all the other issues are going to come out with do you know do we know if this is like a a um a short series run or is it good question i don't what did, remember. what did you think jen what did you think about the story oh no we've gone on and on well when eddie emailed it to me uh and even when kristen recommended it and i saw the cover i was just like what 90s fucking bullshit is this <laughs> uh and then i actually read it and i was surprised by the social commentary uh, and by how well done the plot was um, uh, was being established. So I, I actually ended up really enjoying it. Because, look, if you like your 90s comics, again, no counting for taste, um, uh, <laughs> then you like 90s comics. <laughs> and this can be simply read as a 90s comic. It was just like, dude gets superpowers goes like doesn't go ham but definitely is like what do i do with this now kind of thing um and you can read it simply as that if you have brain cells and have taken at least one critical reading course which could be anything it's literally just an english class um uh you will be able to pick up on the more nuanced aspects of the book because it is pretty nuanced as well like it's it can be very direct in the like dude gets powers absorbs it beats people up Mm -hmm. But also there is the social commentary that you guys have very well established uh, of like the prison system, law enforcement and their maniacal need to have control over everything Um, and how they are one step away from crime themselves. It's basically what a lot of uh, activists uh, say is that the police force is basically just organized crime sanctioned by the government. Mm -hmm. And so that is a very unique take. And I that is was actually used in a comic. I think that was really cool. Uh, so I've I've been enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. I ended up really liking it. So if you cool. like 90s comics, this is a good for <laughs> you. If you like social commentary in your comics, this is also good for you. So I uh, 
in looking for whether or not it is a uh, limited series or ongoing, I didn't find the answer for that. But I found an article that was uh, released in August of this year and uh, talked about how what things that we were kind of guessing was that, yes, um, John Leguizamo and um, Tom McFarlane, Tom Todd (laughs) McFarlane, Um, did meet on the Spawn movie in 97, and then they reconnected in 2018 at New York Comic Con, and that is where they decided to um, to work together to come up with something. And then it turns out that um, in 2019, they crowdfunded a campaign um, and mm-hmm. for uh, this creator-owned project. And so it is an all-Latino creative team, and just as you mentioned Last week, um, Edgar Miranda Rodriguez, the guy that you're talking about earlier, uh, author of La Bora en Kenya, uh, is also um, one of the cover artists. So definitely glad to hear um, that they were very mindful of, um, ke- of keeping the creative team Latino as well. Yeah, it. Um, I also heard that uh, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez and John Leguizamo were uh, prevalent in the character design. They worked together on the character design. Nice. So that was really cool. And uh, Leguizamo was actually quoted in this article as saying, in today's world, it's incredibly important to support Latin artists. There's a lack of Latin representation in Hollywood, and it's important to showcase Latin superheroes. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I mean... I, I saw the crowdfunding uh, link up and everything, and I think I shared it on Comadres Comics years ago. Um, I didn't back it myself. I, I don't remember why. I don't know if it was a money issue or what, what kind of issue it was. I just didn't back it. Uh, but uh, I kind of was on my radar, but actually seeing the finished product and seeing what they're doing with the story, I'm kind of sorry I didn't back it. It's really good. <laughs> So, um, so I'm just really excited that it's all it's a all or mostly like 99% Latin um, creator uh, ha- creators have worked on this book, so I'm really happy about that. Um, Edgardo Miranda, a friend of the show, I really really appreciate all his feedback, and he's just really amazing um, with La Boninquena. And so I'm just really happy with this book. Uh, are we ready to actually rate it? Yes. So as a reminder yeah. to listeners, we rate on a pan dulce uh, scale, conchas to be exact, uh, and um, a one to three scale of conchas, um, where three is the best, um, just because three is the most uh, conchas that Jen's mom ever used to let her have. And so that was amazing. So yeah. um, I... Uh, also, we have included um, over and above three conchas uh, to be uh, three conchas and a cup of champurrado, three conchas and a uh, cafe de olla, whatever. And if the book is super, super, super amazing, it's the whole panadaria. So um, I'm going to start and um, I am going to definitely give the book the whole panadaria. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on multiple different levels. Um, I enjoy the character development. I enjoy the social commentary. I enjoy the art. And it really intrigues me to continue to read, which is what a number one issue should do. So um, definitely would recommend you all to pick it up. 
and um, I can't re- wait to read more. Uh, well, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give it uh, the whole panaderia in a coquito. Uh, if you guys don't know what a coquito is, it's a Puerto Rican beverage uh, <laughs> made out of eggnog. Um, it's a holiday drink. It's in coconut milk and cream and white rum, uh, evaporated milk, condensed milk and spices. So Ooh, that sounds uh, good. Yes, a coquito, because as you guys know, John Leguizamo is Puerto Rican and the holidays are coming up. So the whole panaderia and a coquito from me, Sarah. What about you, Jen? I hesitate to give any issue number one. <laughs> tres conchas or more simply because i know that they're probably going to be better this is just going to be number one stuff like that there's a quite a there's a few where i have given them three conchas anyways uh and especially in the beginning when i was a little bit more generous with my conchas <laughs> before she settled into her salt yeah before i settled into the true salt <laughs> but this was really good and i kind of do want to give it three conchas but i kind of like want to see where it goes so i'm going to give it two conchas uh, for now, but with the potential for more in the later series, because I think it, I think it is only going to get better. Um, um, you can have a shot of tequila, though. <laughs> what 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 do Puerto Ricans? Yeah, what do Puerto Ricans drink? what's the Puerto Rican right? alcohol of choice? Yeah, it should be some rum because it's an yeah, island and oh, yeah, the sugar cane. All right, you can get you can have a shot of rum, or you can mix your <laughs> rum with some coffee. Ooh. That's that. That actually sounds really good. That does sound good. <laughs> oh, that does. Oh my god, that does. Sound Puerto good. Ricans, you got it. <laughs> right on. That has been our book review. All right, guys. Now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for you a picture book, and it is called Adventures of Nakoa and Nohea. Shadows of the Ancient. It is a fun and mythical hardcover picture book that uncovers the secret shape-shifting legends of Hawaii told in Hawaiian and English. Ooh, nice. Yes. So a little bit more about the book. It is a 32-page hardcover. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Uh, and it's like, it's just about, it is about Hawaii, but also like other Pacific Islands. Uh, and it, the team is Pacific Islanders and Black creators. Nice. Um it's bilingual. Like I said, it's, um, uh, oh my God, I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation, but Olelo Hawaii, uh, which is Hawaiian and English. Uh, and it is going to be available as a PDF with activity sheets uh, as well. And it's going to have an audio book, an audio book from, I think, the, the girl who voiced Moana. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Uh Yeah. So that sounds really cool. And it's also going to have custom digital painting commissions uh, from Ryan Robinson, who is the illustrator, as well as spotlight interviews on some of the on the Moana Nui podcast, uh, which sponsors the classroom packages, school visit packages and more. And like you can go on there and the book is beautiful like it's multi it's multicolored. it the artwork looks absolutely beautiful and it i think the fact that it's bilingual in itself as well is a huge benefit if you've ever wondered how to speak um uh, okay if you ever wondered how to like how hawaiian speak this is a good way to check um and i think i might have 
I may have okay. No, it's not the voice actress of Moana. the The other creator's name is Moana McAdams. Oh, Her name I is see. Moana. That's, yeah, well, that's so cool. Uh-huh. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. Okay, so the base pledge starts at fifteen dollars, and you can get the digital download of the ebook. And then at thirty two dollars, you get uh. A, par- a whole slew of digital bonus content. So you, you get the Shadows of the Ancient uh, ebook. You get Wildcard Chronicles Root Awakening ebook. And basically, I think just anything that they've published before for $32. At $35, you can get the autographed hardcover of the book, as well as all previous uh, rewards that they have stated. And at $59, you get um, um, all of them you get all of them signed and physical copies of it as well. So right now the book has a goal of $11,000. It is currently at $4,488 with 79 backers and 26 days to go. Uh, The artwork looks beautiful. It's super multicolored. And I think it's definitely worth um, uh, the investment in. It's Adventures of Nakoa and Nohea, Shadows of the Ancient. Nice. That's super cool. All right, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, uh, just a reminder, Juntos y Fuertes is our segment on our podcast where we highlight projects uh, that are uh, run by groups of marginalized people that we think um, deserve uh, to be highlighted. So today actually was super easy because I just took the inside back cover ad in the back of the book we read today, Phenom X, um, for this awesome uh, summit. It's a virtual summit. And I don't know if it's always been virtual or if it will continue to be virtual or if it was just virtual because of COVID, but it is called Hispanicize. And it says, join us for the Hispanicize hashtag Unidos Together virtual summit the largest virtual gathering of Latinx influencers, content creators, entrepreneurs, and media and entertainment innovators. Hosted both virtually and live in person from Los Angeles and Miami, Hispanicize will be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month bigger than ever before. And it was um, this year uh, on uh, October 15th, But you can still go to hispanicize.com, H-I-S-P-A-N-I-C-I-Z-E, and all the videos and panels and stuff are up and you can watch them. And there is a register now uh, link that um, I'm assuming was for this year, but keep this website uh, on your radar for next year. Um, You can um, replay the events. Um, and there was a March event and there was also an October summit. There was also a July summit. So there's a lot of different things here and you, you can replay all of them. Uh, there's also an upcoming, um, page of what is going to be upcoming. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, participating or even maybe being on a panel, you can, um, contact people here. And there's also a list of vodcasts, so video podcasts, vodcasts um, that you can um, watch. So Hispanicize um, at hispanicize.com. And it looks like there's a lot of cool uh, 
call out of cool panels and topics that they had um, on the uh, on the in the summit. Um, the keynote speaker for the one in October, and this was actually last year, um, the October one um, was Jessica Elba. Uh, and then they have uh, topics like Latinx Hollywood, um, Latinx unity and empowerment, Afro Latinidad, Hispanic entrepreneurship and education, private equity, a diverse and inclusive perspective, uh, Latinx music industry, uh, salud, dinero, y am amor in the time of COVID. So this was their 2020 uh, summit, and they did have one this year. Um, so definitely check it out. There's a lot of cool things for you to, to look uh, at and watch. And I look forward to seeing what they have next year, because maybe we can get them to add some kind of comic book related uh, panel. Absolutely. My God, they really have a broad spectrum of activities. And, mm -hmm. and uh, that's really, really cool. I mean, I, I kind of thought they would not have so much going on, but they do. And that's really amazing. Like, because you can go, like, as they say, one stop shop, you know, right. like, to learn more about a lot of aspects of the entertainment business, and how have uh, Latinos or Hispanics uh, relate to it and how they're relating to it. And I mean, Jessica Alba, one of the panels, how amazing is that? I mean, so amazing. Thank you so much for bringing that into our Juntos y Fuertes. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out today for Los Angeles, California-based Caden Phoenix. Caden Phoenix is a writer slash creator of the Latina, Latina superhero universe A La Brava. Uh, they can be found at latinasuperheroes.com. They recently had a Kickstarter for Ruka, which is the next superhero in line to have their own comic book trade paperback that is part of La Brava universe and their goal was $5,000 and they actually overpassed their goal by, by um, um, having like their campaign end at $5,519 with 118 backers and that was really really amazing so saludos goes out to her and all the A La Brava uh, team um, behind all the comic books the writers artists um, and uh, letters and editors um, uh, one of the little synopsis is, is I hope this book changes some of the stereotypes that exist about Latinas and all marginalized Americans hopefully Ruka serves as a source of inspiration for anyone of any age anywhere in the world to realize their dreams and ambitions and I looked at some of the uh, pages the art pages that were already created and shared on the Kickstarter and some of them show uh, Barrio Logan. And as you oh, guys know, cool. Barrio Logan is in San Diego. Um, and we actually went to the, what was it? The Barrio Logan Comic Con. It was, uh, I forgot, yeah. but it was, it's, it was happening during LA, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's that bridge with the colorful graffiti under it. It was so amazing. I thought the represent, uh, capturing that, uh, um, place in the comic book comic format was amazing i love the art uh, very 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 beautiful um so um yeah saludos goes out to katie phoenix and the ala brava team all right it's now time for the end of this episode where can they find us Kristen? you can find us at comadrecomics.com where you can find links to um, our podcast as well as our youtube and to all of our social media on facebook Twitter, Instagram, 
and not quite yet, but we are also on TikTok. Yes, definitely. Um, so, or you can email us directly at comadrecicomics at gmail.com. Um, also remember to like and subscribe us on YouTube. Um, also, uh, please do rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or on CastBox. Uh, we still haven't given away that, uh, uh, what is it called? The sleeping bag, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sleeping bag. Remember, it's getting cold out there and you might want to, or you might want to get it before you have some white elephant gift exchange. <laughs> and so then you have that covered, right? And also wanted to let you guys know that we will not be recording an episode next week because of Thanksgiving. So thanks to you guys, listeners, for sticking around with us. And we'll be back the following week. Uh, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Gotta guys. Close it like how I opened it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.